Today, during my message, I just want to welcome you to be engaging on Slack, or if you don't have Slack, you can engage um, on the message box in uh, promisechurch.community. Go to mess today's message, and you can engage there. You'll see the sermon notes there as well, and so then you'll know how close I am to being done. I don't follow my notes. <laughs> so we are in our second sermon of uh, the parable of the sower, and last week I reflected that the parable of the sower is so often seen as a parable for somebody else. It's a parable that we think of uh, when we think of somebody who doesn't know about Jesus, who doesn't know about anything about God and the structures of the church, and the parable of the sower is all about how they hear about Jesus. It's about evangelism. And last week I challenged us and I said it is not about evangelism. There's nothing in the parable that we're about to read that is about evangelism. It is 100% about your heart and what you do when you hear the kingdom of God. And what the kingdom of God is, is, is how the kingdom of God is, is impacting and merging in your life. So let me pray. God, as your word is spoken, I pray that you would be present in our hearts and in our ears and in our minds. Work with our rational thinking to reveal yourself to us. God, this doesn't have to be some mystical experience, some crazy, you know, oh, I felt something and I got a tingly feeling down my back or down my arms. But God, that in today, that as we hear the word of the kingdom, that you would work in our minds. That, that things would start to make more sense to us. And God, I pray for understanding today in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew 13, 3 to 9 and 18 to 23. It says, And he told him many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and birds came down and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they didn't have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. But other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked the seedling, and other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what's been sown in his heart. This is what's sown among the path. As for what's sown on the rocky ground, it's the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, so he endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arise on account of the word, he immediately falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but, cares, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what's sown on the good soil, this is the one who hears the word, who understands it. He indeed bears fruit, and it yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, in another thirty. 
So pastoring is a really interesting job. And it's all about this whole parable here. And actually, before I get into that, no, that's good. Uh, it's all about this, this, this story here and, and what's happening. And as a pastor, I've been pastoring for a whole bunch of years, but I didn't start as a lead pastor. I started as a games director, and then I started speaking at youth retreats, and then I moved into a part-time pastor. And so here I am in my first part-time pastorate. I've got this youth group and all these kids, and they're so cool and exciting, and they don't listen. Well, they didn't in that youth group. I had other youth groups where the kids were amazing at listening. But this youth group, kids were everywhere, not really listening, kind of like, oh my goodness, what's going on? There was little structure, and it was very painful to wrangle these kids into a form of discussion. And so one of the, tra- one of the strategies that a youth pastor has in their toolbox is shock value. You can use shock value to, as a way to grab teenagers' attention. Parents do it all the time with extreme discipline ideas, like you will never, ever, ever leave the house again. That's a shock value attempt. We're trying to get attention. That's what we're trying to do. And so what I was doing in this message, I was maybe three months into my first pastorate. I was so rookie and new, and I'm preaching, and I'm preaching from Philippians 3. It says, I consider all things as rubbish uh, compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus. Great verse. You know, throw off everything else. We love Jesus. Jesus is all that's valuable, and everybody gets it, and except the kids didn't really care. And so I'm like, okay, well, the word rubbish is a sanitized version of what might have been said at that moment. And I might have said a potential swear because because I wanted to grab attention. And I was like, yes, this is it. And I'm sowing the seed of the word with swear words. (laughs) Great strategy, Pastor Rob, wonderful. The seed that lands on the path is the seed that, had, that the person lacked the understanding of what's being said. And so I come into work, and after staff meeting, my boss says, I need to talk to you. Apparently, at youth group, I told the youths that they were piles of poo. did not tell the youth that they were piles of poo. That was not at all the message. I was trying to be graphic. Yes, I was trying to say that all the things that you place value in are are piles of poo, and they went, they did not understand. Okay? So Eugene Peterson, who he wrote the message, which is, He's, he's a linguist, brilliant teacher. He's actually passed now. And uh, he wrote a book called Tell It Slant. In Tell It Slant, he said that you can speak truth, but the way you speak truth has more effect on your message of truth than what you actually usually think. So you can speak truth and be blunt and be brutal and say this is the way it is and this is what, what needs to be said. And my earpiece keeps falling right off my face. Um, 
And, and you can speak it and be direct, and what people hear is offense, and they put up their defenses, and they don't listen. You can, you can say it in such a way that you will get people on your side. And so how you structure the message really does matter, but it's really about how it lands and where it lands. For us, it's the kingdom of God. Jesus knows people here without understanding all the time. I hear the kingdom of God and the vision of the kingdom of God without understanding it all the time. There's so many times where, where I hear the word of the kingdom and I don't understand I'm going to give you an example of a, of, of a way that we just can't comprehend. We, we keep on talking about these street barbecues, and I was at one yesterday, and, and I was having a conversation with a gentleman in the garage, and he's from India. And so I've never been to India, so I'm genuinely interested. I love the idea of the way that, that the world works in India because it works nothing like what it works here, I was learning. And, and he was telling me that he's in a, he lives in a province of India that is 600 kilometers tall, it's north to south, 75 kilometers wide. So let's say around Sudbury to maybe just south of Toronto, and Peel, York, Durham region, wide. Okay? It's a good swath of land for a province in India. He said the entire population of that province is 34 to 36 million people. That's the population of Canada. And he said they all live right here. And he was like, I love coming to Canada because of the, the, scarce, the, the, the sparseness. He's like, where I live, one person Sorry, one square kilometer, 600 people every square kilometer, all the time, guaranteed. And I was like, that's such a different world. I can't even comprehend that. I can't even wrap my head around what that looks like. He goes, you know how the highway's here? They've got three lanes, you all got space, and you move forward? And, and people complain about the 401 or the 400, and I understand those complaints. He said, but there are people on the highways, and then there are bicycles on the highways, and then there are cars and buses. And, and he goes, you have a car, people in machines. We have people, and then there are some machines. And I was like, I can't even, call. it was so mind-blowing to me. And not that I've never heard of it, not that I haven't seen it in videos or whatever, but the way he was speaking about it, my mind was just expanded. I loved it. It was, it was really cool. Okay, when we hear about the kingdom of God, sometimes we hear something that is mind-bending to us. We go, how does that even make sense? How could that even be? What, what would need to change to make that reality happen? I can't even comprehend. I said, so do people have subdivisions in India? Like, uh, like we do. Look at our subdivision here. Are there subdivisions? He goes, there's no street numbers. 
in my province. He goes, you come to a village and then they know where you live by your last name. What? Like, no street numbers. When you move, that house changes names. And I was like, that's unbelievable. He goes, if I move from my house, it's still the same number that it was before. And I was like, wow, blows my mind. I can't even understand it. So when it applies to the parable of the sower, Jesus says that the vision of the kingdom of God, when you hear it, there will be times that you do not understand it. It doesn't make rational sense. It doesn't compute with your experience, with what you've looked at, with what you've felt in the world. And he said the danger in that is that the seed that's sown is taken. It gets stolen away. So, we've been hearing this parable forever. We've always thought that it's for somebody else. And today I say, we need to learn how to maintain the soil, partially our minds, so that we can understand the kingdom of God so it doesn't get taken from us. We need to, Romans puts it this way, renew your mind. Renew your mind in Romans 12. And so here we are people who, who now we need to be thinking differently because the kingdom of God is different. So we need to understand the kingdom of God. I'm going to start with the big statement. The kingdom of God is God's vision of the world made right. That's the kingdom of God. God is doing this. The kingdom of God is God's vision of the world made right. He is working and he is fixing and altering and changing things in this world here and now. And he will do it when he returns to the completion. And he's speaking these things through the word of scripture saying this is what it is. Do you understand it? Can you see it? Can you start to live it? Is it happening? So, the kingdom of God is God's vision of the world made right. You know, sometimes the kingdom of God seems unfamiliar or unfair. I remember my first experience of my parents teaching us about the kingdom of God. I had no idea that that's what was happening, but it was because I was an annoying little brother. My brother's five years older than me, and he will tell you, if you ever meet him, he lives out in Ottawa, um, but if you ever meet him, he will tell you that I was the most annoying little brother in the world. Nobody can imagine that now, of course. But, but I was so annoying that I would, like, intentionally hit my brother, or I would intentionally and repetitively break what he was building or I would steal something from him and then just give it back to him just in time to not get in trouble and then steal it again and then give it back just before I'd get in trouble. I was annoying and so my brother taking justice into his own hands used a very firm form of corporal punishment 
and it hurt. And I learned the injustice of the kingdom of God when my brother got in trouble for hitting me. What? And my brother said, what am I supposed to do? Let him keep doing this. Let him keep, let him keep annoying me. Let him keep being so pestilent. He didn't say that, but that was the word that he was looking for. And my dad said, no, you can come and tell me, and you can also learn what it is to forgive, and you can start to teach your brother how to act better. And the onus was put on my brother, and I'm sitting there going, I was the pain in the butt. And my brother learned something about the kingdom of God. That it isn't about taking justice into your own hands and making it happen, but about leading people into the transformation of life that will actually keep them out of trouble. Wow. So, so the kingdom of God is different. I mean, we want to be vindicated. We want things to be made right now. We, we're going to take it into our own hands. We're going to make it happen. And the kingdom of God says, wait, wait. I want to see transformation. And we don't understand that all the time. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what's been sown in his heart. And this is what was sown among the path. Is your heart like a path? Well-worn and common understandings. See, we need to come to understand God is part of discipleship. When we don't seek to understand God, everything God speaks to us is distorted or stolen away. When we don't seek to understand God, the Word of God is distorted. When we go to internet memes and YouTube channels to try to understand the complexities of God's creation, instead of going to God and saying, God, how can I learn this? Going to Scripture and saying, God, what does this look like? When we go to the wrong sources, we come out with confusion. And the kingdom of God gets stolen away. Fights become about my rights and not about the transformation of humans. Fights become focused on me and not about what God is doing in this world. And our vision starts to narrow down on the wrongs and the rights that are done in my life. And we stop seeing that God is doing something greater and grander with all humanity, leading us into a new way of life. When the kingdom of God is not understood, it gets cast away, it gets stolen away, because it doesn't meet my perceived need. See, it's an active place to seek God. In the face of injustice, it's an active place to seek God and to say, God, what are you doing here? How are you transforming? How are you changing? How are you bringing healing, restoration, and hope and life that you promised? This is what God does.
Someone just asked if it means that we're supposed to believe stuff that seems totally irrational. No, because the kingdom of God is rational. But the kingdom of this world does not believe the premises that the kingdom of God is built on, even though those, those are true. The truth that the Bible tells us that's not irrational is the truth that God is love and that God will make all things right and will live with us. We build on that foundation, but the world says God is not. We have different starting points. So logical progression. I can move logically from this foundation and I can build on this foundation and I can say here is truth and I will build all my life on this. And these things seem illogical if I start from this foundation. If I start from the foundation that God is not, the things that follow from the kingdom of God seem irrational and useless. But when I start with the foundation that says God is love and he is making all things right, everything falls into place according to the kingdom of God. It is not irrational. What happens is we don't understand. We start from the wrong place. We come with a heart that's worn by well-trodden paths of societal influence. We come with the perspective of the non Christian, and we come and we say, oh, well, the, the kingdom of God doesn't make sense anymore. Because you've given up on the core of what the kingdom of God starts with. You start with this. It's not illogical. Logic is the process of building upon one thought upon another in order. If you start with the wrong premise, your logic will be completely sound but you'll end up in the wrong place. So how do we get to know and hear the kingdom of God? Well, I'll tell you that it isn't always very mystical. Sometimes it's right practical. Really, really easy. Read your Bible. That's it. Read your Bible. Cram it all into one month. Do as many chapters as you can in a day. Keep on going. Build the idea of Scripture in your heart. Let, your word, let, let the Word form your thoughts. Read your Bible. Oh, okay. Dive into real conversations with people who have done work who you look at and you respect and say, I understand that you've thought this through. When I was doing my master's degree, I'm talking to professors who have worked through the obstacles that I'm seeing as I read, and I go, oh, but I don't understand this. Well, guess what? The people that are 40 years ahead of me, 30 years ahead of me, I'm getting old, 20 years ahead of me, they've done their research. They've gone through this. They understand how it's logically consistent. So guess what? I tap them on the shoulder and say, I don't understand this. The seed that fell on the heart, your heart, without understanding is stolen. If you don't seek to understand God and his kingdom, it will be taken from you. When we believe lies based on our lack of understanding, we act on them as though we're deceived. We act on them as though we're deceived. And we go, oh, okay. And the kingdom of God fails to germinate in our life. 
Oh, so the kingdom of God means that I'm forgiven and I can do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it, which means I'll just pull a random example out of my head because whatever, I've never seen it happen here at Promise Church or anything like that, which means I can cheat on my, on my spouse. And, uh, and, and the kingdom of God will still happen because Jesus, God is forgiving and loving and everything's fine and I can cheat on myself. Well, guess what? You misunderstood the context. You misunderstood what's happening. You're still going to get the fallout. It's still coming. You don't just get to willy-nilly do whatever. Willy-nilly? Who says that? Terrible. You can't sustain the experience of the kingdom of God without pushing against the flow of public opinion. And this is the point about the path. It was sown along the path. The public opinion, the commonly walked road, the way that we just see things. Christianity is calling to people to see things through God's eyes and not through our eyes. It's calling people to shift their paradigm, to center on Christ and the Word of God, and to see things through God's eyes and not through the common understanding of the world. As Christians, we would save ourselves so much heartache and trouble if we were to able to say, God, give me your eyes. Give me your perspective. Help me understand the way you see the world. Because when our ideas are informed by media, informed by um, the world around us, when our ideas of what is right and what is wrong are first given over to the values of the world and the common walked understanding, we miss it. We miss the truth of the kingdom of God and it's stolen from us. Thank you, April, for using willy-nilly. It's probably hanging out with you is where it came from, I'm sure. The kingdom of God, I don't want the kingdom of God stolen from any of us. And it's not permanent. It's, 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 it's like you hear the word of the kingdom, you didn't understand it, God keeps sowing. He keeps dropping more seed. And so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get that. I know. I didn't get it either. I thought it meant this and it meant that. It's okay. Turn your eyes to Christ and continue to learn. Continue to seek to grow in understanding. And God's word will be revealed to you. So this message is directed at Christians who've been Christians for a long time. Don't let familiarity with the seed of the kingdom breed contempt. Don't let it breed contempt. Listen to it afresh. Say, God, how does that scripture affect my life and affect your view of the world? Don't allow your hearts to become a hardened path of common, lazy thinking about God. Continue to stir up the spaces where the questions come to light. Where the conflict with what you see of the world and what God sees of the world comes into direct opposition. And then allow God's vision of the world to inform yours. Allow that to be where your peace comes from. Always seek to discover more. Always expand your understanding. Always ask hard questions.
questions. Always come to Scripture and say, God, what does that look like in a technology age? Wow. What does that look like when I'm dealing with my family, God? Oh. You'll find that the answers don't match up with what the world tells you. Let me pray. God, there is common logic and a common narrative and a common structure in this world. And that structure does not always, in fact, increasingly, it usually does not reflect the views that you have of the world, that you've communicated to us in a very concrete way. Well, we have Scripture, and, and you've given us your word that, that many, many thousands of people have devoted their lives to making sure that it does not alter, despite what the internet says with their really childish pokes at, oh, well, Scripture's being changed. God, allow us as people to boldly hold on to the kingdom of God in a way that, that is not lazy, in a way that is not that common view, in a way that, that that seed does not get taken from us, but that we would hold on to it with understanding. That it would be logically consistent and have integrity, and not just integrity in belief, but integrity in the actions that come behind it. I believe that your kingdom has great power to build, to transform, to shape, to heal, to bring hope, to bring health, and to bring even prosperity because it's logically consistent based on you. And so Jesus, help us learn according to your scripture, according to your revelation. And most of all, help us understand. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for coming to Promise Church. We look forward to seeing you again and pray that God blesses you this week. Enjoy the first day of school.